0: And once again, so easy. Search Ufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit ufyofficialcom slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and Coming. We're going over the Sydney Harbor Bridge. What were you saying, sir? Not a single weld bolt or screw in the bridge. Six and a half million rivets hold it together, and it will last another 300 years. Nice. Brand new podcast, everybody. We are the Chrysler's, and we are going over the Sydney Harbor Bridge out to the Blue Mountains, correct? Yes. And uh, George and Isla are in the car. Isla is so excited. She woke up this morning. She was the first one up, and she was like, everybody get up. Come on. For a five she, she was like, Dad, I turned on the sauna in the, in the fitness center. I went and worked out already. Seriously, Dad, I'm already packed. I'm so excited. Stop. Stop. She brushed her hair my teeth. S- and her
1: teeth. Oh, my Lord. I did brush my
0: teeth. Yeah, because someone threw up for the first time yesterday. Really? Ever. Mm. What did you think, Isla? She said
1: she it was better than throwing up at the
0: flu. Yeah, it's. I'll tell you what. Isla must have eaten something funky, then put me into a tailspin. I started having anxiety attacks, so I was like, oh, now I got it. I'm now now know, we all got it.
1: after Isla threw up, you came to me, and you were like... Uh, I ate her crust last night. I'm going to throw up. And
0: then you started gagging yourself. You're no. like, ah, ah. <laughs> I, I looked at Georgia like like the movie uh, like the movie uh, Outbreak. Isla threw up and I looked, Leanne, I s- slow motion looked at her and I go, I ate her crust. Oh my God. And Georgia looked her eyes open. And then I realized I didn't just eat her crust. I ate everything that she left on her plate. Oh,
1: that's gross. Anyway. Yeah.
0: So, Leanne's here with us. Leanne, tell everyone where we're going today.
1: We're going a lot of places, but we're going to the Blue Mountains to see the Three Sisters, and we're going to a farm to see koalas, and uh, I don't know what else we're doing.
0: We got a big day. Our driver is taking us out. Uh, he was the one explaining all of our. What was your name again, sir? Was it Steve? Steve. I know it was Steve. I didn't want to say it. One. Yeah, uh, he's taking us out. Traffic's not bad leaving Sydney, huh, sir?
2: Not at all. Coming back, I like, hope we done. not
0: yeah. <coughs> so we have uh, two shows tomorrow night. I have two shows tomorrow night at the... I don't know where I'm playing. The Enmore, I think. Uh, tickets still available for the second show. Uh, tickets also available in Perth. The second show in Perth. Brisbane, we have three shows. They are sold out. And Melbourne at the Hammer... Hammer? Hammer is sold out as well. I'm super excited. We were in Bali. Uh, this isn't going to be a long intro, but it'll be... A little, uh, yeah, just a little catch you up. We went to Bali. What did everyone think of Bali? It was
1: fun for me because I wasn't on my period.
0: Speaking of periods, someone got in trouble on Australian television talking about period parties. Anyway, uh, did you like Bali, Liam? I loved it. It
1: was beautiful.
0: Sum it up for anyone interested in going to Bali. Tell them about our adventure, where we stayed, and what you loved.
1: We stayed in three places. Uh, we stayed in Uluwatu and Abud and Nusa and it was beautiful. Um, it, I've never seen anything like Abud uh, before because it was very jungle.
0: Give him a teaser for what I'm sure you will reveal on your podcast. Was the trek, um, the 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 death march, the trail of tears you and Georgia and Isla took in the middle of the night?
1: It was pretty intense hike we'll talk about it on wife of the party don't worry
0: oh are you really holding content for your own
1: yeah I'm not stupid yeah
0: Ooh. whoa okay uh, girl Power. Speaking of which, today's episode is with uh, my buddy Greg Fitzsimmons. I love Greg. He is one of the easiest guys in the world to podcast with, probably because he comes from a long line of broadcasters. His dad was a huge broadcaster back in the day, and Greg has been on Sirius XM. I think his contract just ended like a couple months ago um, uh, with FitzDog Radio, and his podcast has always been one of the top podcasts. Um, for as long as we've been podcasting, Greg was one of the the invent, uh, front runners of this. We have a great conversation. We talk about everything. We also, and this is where I'd like to put a little footnote in this episode, so that just to make myself clear, when you do a podcast, you don't think about maybe things you say, and I definitely talk about women in comedy and I, I definitely I don't say anything bad but I talk about how sometimes women get put on a fast track I don't think I use those exact words I wish I had um, but I talked about I, I, I re-listened to it and it doesn't sound bad I'm just reiterating that if I mention any wom- woman's name who I believe uh, got leapfrogged I know who exactly it's best selling and Amy Schumer are the two people but they're friends of mine and I and I feel like I can take liberties sometimes with friends but I, I don't, don't know if people think I'm talking shit and I'm not talking shit. Uh, and you'll hear that in the episode clear. Beth and Greg are actually very close and I don't think Greg would ever let me talk shit about Beth. Um, and so I'm not, but what I, and I will just reiterate what happens in this business is, uh, sometimes women get put into places, uh, very quickly because there is a, quite honestly, there's a lack of women in our industry. And so in comedy, so they get put quicker than sometimes, like guys, like say Ari Shafir or myself, or Joey Diaz, or Tom Segura. Those are the examples I'm using because we've all been doing comedy 20 years, and sometimes well, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. It sounds like I'm making excuses for fucking white men in comedy. I'm not. I'm or or, or pissing and moaning. I'm not. I'm just trying to explain.
1: Babbling. I'm babbling. Babbling. Schumer, you
0: stop babbling. Yeah, but Amy Schumer killed your hamster. Um, that's a little another side story, but I but nothing but nothing but love to all the women I mentioned in this podcast. That's my point. Is if anyone takes it as anything other than that, please pace yourself, take a break, and realize I have nothing but love for anyone. That's I don't spread hate. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. Fitting that we're going to the Blue Mountains and we're talking about Blue Apron, my favorite meal delivery service. Sir, do you guys have Blue Apron down here? Yeah, we don't. Oh my God, you would love it. They deliver fresh meals to your door. Recipes created by uh top-notch chefs and then you make the meal in your house. Inexpensive. Uh every meal is under $10 per person and the meals you can make within 45 minutes. Pretty nice, huh? Yep, we the same, but not cool the, the Oh yeah. Um but the best part about it for me is our family gets to sit and have dinner together. <coughs> Don't we love being together, guys? After this trip it's going to be Blue Apron's going to be the only thing that pulls us back together. And it's summer right now and there's nothing better than a juicy burger or whipping up some fresh tomato salsa. The joy of cooking in the summer is something amazing. Try new techniques new to you. Make cooking fun again with Blue Apron. I've motivated my audience. I hope you know that with a hectic schedule like Leanne has, podcasting, running girls of softball, it's so nice to just go What are we doing at the end of the day? We're having a Blue Apron. Right, girls? Yeah. Sure. Like I said, the menus are tested by their test kitchen chefs, and their test kitchen chefs use unique specialty ingredients to bring the recipes to your dinner table. Right now, you can make... Brag worthy meals at your house without hassle. Try Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get $60 off when you visit blueapron.com slash birdcast. That's blueapron.com slash birdcast. Blueapron.com. A better way to cook. This podcast is brought to you by Open Fit. Open Fit takes all the complexity out of losing weight. And getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out in the comfort of your living room or hotel room if you are me on the road. It is absolutely fantastic. I just open up my phone. They have a 600 second workout. I don't know why 600 seconds seems digestible to me, but it does. And it is, it, Get you breaking a sweat. I swear to God, if you do that workout, break that sweat, get in the shower, get out of the shower, lay in the bed. It's almost like going to a sauna. You are pouring sweat and then get in one more time, rinse off, start your day. Amazing trainers, Extend Bar, uh, Hunter McIntyre is the one of the top fittest athletes. These are the trainers. They know how to get quick results. Super simple. Like I said, it's your schedule. Anywhere, your computer web-enabled tv smartphone roku and you can lose up to 15 pounds in just 30 days flatten your abs shape your body look good feel great i'm telling you i am on a fitness journey i will not roll into sober october one fat piece of crap dang it. Leanne's phone rang in the middle and I just hit it, sent it to voicemail. I'm sorry. Who was it? I don't know who it was. I'm in the middle of a read. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, my listeners can get a special extended 30-Day Free Trial Membership to OpenFit, where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text BERT to 303030. 30, 30. Right now, text BERT to 303030. 30, 30. You get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts, nutritional information, totally for free. Again, text BERT to 30-30-30. I'd like to thank all my sponsors for sponsoring this episode of the BirdCast. Like I said, it's with Greg Fitzsimmons. It should be a good one, and I hope I don't... I overthink things, so if... I just overthink things. So, I And I never want to hurt anyone's feelings. It's, it's so funny. Even with bad press, you things like with the thing that happened to get... Long story short, I said... I told Period Party on uh, a very popular show here, and four people were outraged, and a news organization picked it up and tried to clickbait it. And I got upset because I was like, well, I don't want anyone to be upset. I want everyone to like me. And so that's my problem. That's probably me. Look at that car, guys. Whoa. My other problem is I have no focus. God damn, that's a cool car. That's a car I think I'd buy Georgia right there. It's called a Ute. It's called a Ute? Ute. A Ute. Ute, Ute. The two Utes. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yep. Um, so we are off to the Blue Mountains uh, to see the Three Sisters. Something I saw in a helicopter but I guess I'll do it with my family on foot. Mm -hmm. Trip's really fun when you did it with travel channel for a hundred thousand dollars. And then you do it with your family on a budget. I'm kidding. I'm so excited to be with you guys. I had a beautiful trip in Bali. If you go to Bali, uh, I'm telling you, I'm sure Leanne will talk about on her podcast, wife of the party, by the way, huge episode with Christina P, uh, that's up right now. And it's a great one. I started listening to it, uh, on the plane and then passed out. But, uh, uh, and it's also up on YouTube, over 100,000 views. Congrats, baby doll. And uh, and it should be a good day today. Right, girls? It's going to be great. Tell me. We're going to pass the phone around and tell us what you're excited about today. Okay? I know what I want. All right, here we go. We'll start with mom.
1: I'm excited about spending the day with my family in Australia. Oh,
0: yeah. oh nice. Here, Georgia.
1: Um, I'm excited about meeting a koala. Oh, you're still Um... I like koalas
0: oh, I love. Them. and I'm excited about sleeping. I'm excited about spending time with my family and getting my girls to witness things that they never thought they'd ever see in their entire life. Right Georgia May? Yeah. Uh, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. If you're in Australia, come see me in either Sydney or Perth or I'll see you guys at the shows. Uh, Body Shots World Tour. June, July 27th in Philly at the Met. There are still a few tickets available. Snatch them up. I love you guys. Have a great day. Mom's yawning. This episode, Greg Fitzsimmons. This is The One of the best roast jokes I ever heard was Greg... Uh, Geraldo saying, um, Flavor Flav looked like a skeleton wrapped in duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you start a podcast. Just, he was
2: who was who were the best roaster of all? I would put Geraldo, Geraldo. up there with DePaulo.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, the here's the thing though is that like there were people that got got credit for being great roasters that i didn't think they did well like not to not to slander and this is gonna everyone's gonna hate this i did not think patrice did a good job on that charlie sheen roast when he went last yeah I mean, it was like it, it was, was.
2: Well, he broke the mold. He decided not to go with the joke, 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 and he just basically deconstructed what deconstructed everybody just what did. everyone did. Yeah. But in
0: in and I when I watched it, it just wasn't like it wasn't what I it wasn't a roast. It was him going like, "I'm uncomfortable with white people talking to you like this, right. Mike," which is a brilliant premise. Yeah. But it just, it just wasn't as great as uh as I remember it being. Amy Schumer, like I did not think. Like, she was the prototype for, like, you do the roast, and then you blow up like Amy Schumer. Yeah. And I mean, everyone, fucking every woman in comedy fought to be on those roasts so they could blow up like Amy. Amy had one joke that wasn't that great. It was, uh, steve your friend Ryan Dunn died. We wished it had been you. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it wasn't that great, but. Yeah. And she got so much shit for it.
2: Yeah, women on roast especially blow up. Lampinelli, Whitney Cummings got Lampinelli a lot of. Lampinelli, quick out of comedy.
0: It. Who? Chris, uh, Lisa Lampinelli, quick comedy.
2: Yeah, she's a motivational speaker now. <sighs> <laughs> you spend your whole life building up a giant fucking audience. To then,
0: like, I'm fucking at a loss of words. Yeah. I know, it's crazy. Well, I mean, I don't. Do you know Lisa Lampinelli? Yeah. I. I I knew her when she worked at the Boston Comedy Club when she was wearing the big gold chains and the gold rings. You remember that version of her? Yeah. Um, and she was nice back then. Right. And then I did Cowhead one time and she was a cunt. Really? A cunt. You were in studio with her? I was in studio and she was outside. And I this was me and me and Cowhead have been friends for like for like 15 years. Yeah. And so I was in studio. I was just doing third mic. It was back when he didn't have a third mic. Galvin wasn't on the show. And I would come in and I'd just do the whole week of radio with him. I was at the improv. She was doing a theater, Tampa theater, one show. Not impressive now that I know careers. I'm like, uh, okay. We get it. I did three. Anyway, she um she's in the waiting room and she goes and they go, bring her in. And they said, She won't go in while um this guy is on on air. Oh, no shit. And I told them I said, Oh, tell her I know her. I I worked a door at the Boston yeah, Comedy yeah, Club. Yeah. And they came in, they're like, She doesn't give a shit. She said wow. to leave She to do video with other comics. Here's the kicker, Craig. I had the greatest compliment to pay her. I had the greatest thing to say to her when she got on. I had for my show, Hurt Burt. I had been a male stripper for a night. I'd done like a bit a male stripper at a, a straight club. And then at a gay club at the gay club, it was a talent show. It wasn't like technically a striptease, but I, for my talent, I was a stripper and it went over. Well, I didn't win the person who won dressed like lisa lampanelli put their album on the fucking stereo and lip-synced it lip-synced and her comedy routine? her comedy routine and it murdered in the wow. room it murdered yeah and i was sitting there as a guy who knew lisa and was like oh my god if i had her number i would call her now and tell her be like this is you are an this is a fucking cultural iconic moment that a, in a gay all gay club in vegas yeah there's a man dressed like you. Right. Lip syncing your comedy album for 10 minutes and it's murdering. Yeah. I wanted to tell her that. And she fucking walked out and said, fuck that guy. He's a nobody. I'm out. And walked out. You want to spend your time with a nobody on air? You spend your time with a nobody. I'm a somebody. And she went to fucking Bubba's show. She actually said all that? Yeah. And then left. Told wow. that to the assistant. Uh, and, and I was like, I was like, what a fucking turn.
2: That's weird because I've only found her to be incredibly respectful and nice, which is always like the queen of mean. It was like, you know, like Rickles, like the nicest guy off stage. And, and, but, uh, so that's surprising to me.
0: How about this to, to, in, to, in defense of her, she may have, um, said whatever she said. And we just heard it in her character's voice. Yes. She may have been like, you know what? I don't I don't like doing radio with other yeah. guys. And right. we heard, you know what? Right. I don't right. do radio right. with fucking zeros. Right, right. Like, right. so that, in her defense, I'm yeah. sure that's what happened. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's a motivator. That's always weird. Motiv- Kyle, Sa- Kyle Cease is a motivational speaker. Is he really? Do you remember Kyle Cease? Yeah, of course. Dude, that's a... If Comedy Central was super forward thinking, they would do documentaries on guys like Kyle Cease. That career is fucking fascinating yeah Do you, are you how familiar are you with with the trajectory of his career
2: not that much let me walk you through it
0: Kyle Cease uh was a by the way I understand Kyle if you're listening to this you may not take this in a positive light okay <laughs> I don't mean it negative I don't mean to shit on you but you're not in comedy anymore so it doesn't really matter yeah you're a motivational speaker I'm sure you'll see the bright side of this Kyle Cease was a project prodigy much like many of the stories you've heard, he was such a wild child in class that the teacher, in order to calm him down, would give him six minutes at the end of every day. Yep. So everyone's heard that story. I had that happen to me. So he started very young, I want to say in Seattle, and was up on stage when he was 15, 13 years old. He was the same path as Chappelle. He gets put in 10 Things I Hate About You as the slow cat clapper, or maybe it's like not a teen movie, whatever. That's his, What? He was in both. Wow. You already know way too much about Kyle Seas. Oh, you for real? Yeah. Okay, nice. Uh, moves to LA, starts stand-up, and in the wacky, high-energy Dane vibe, gets starts booking a lot of colleges, um, gets a half hour on Comedy Central, and leading up to it, as he's re- training for it, convinces himself, I wonder if I can make myself pass out and starts to create an anxiety around performing so that while he's performing he the whole time he's doing his act his brain's going we're going to pass out in 3 2 and he has massive anxiety attacks about this wow then comes out of this does his special comes turns out good they do the top 10 uh, the number 1 comedian of the year in comedy central Kyle just spams it, like spams it, votes for himself, tells people I'll send you whatever you want if you vote for me, and gets rated in like 2002, 2004, as the number one comic of the year, beats Jeff Dunham, Dane Cook, Mitch, Mitch Hedberg, Dave Attell, Richard Lewis, beats everyone. No one's ever heard of the guy, but he's like spams the thing, and then decides, I can teach other people how to do this. I can teach them how to get out of their head, do great comedy, and win contests. Uh-huh. And he starts comedy boot camp. $10,000, you come out for the weekend, I'll teach you how to do comedy. And it takes off like fucking wildfire. No shit. Yeah, because this is the very beginning of Dane Cook changing yeah, the industry. Yeah. And now you're looking at a guy going, I'll tell you how to get fans, how to blow up your MySpace account, how to write material, how to be high energy. You gotta move your fingers a lot. huh. Hope reads it, And says, I would pay $10,000 if they bring out Kyle Cease and his entire family and assassinate them on stage. (laughs) If you want to learn anything about comedy, find me at any bar and I'll tell you, Kyle Cease is a charlatan, a, a, a crook, a fucking horrible human being. Now, here's where it gets really fucking interesting. Kyle reads this in a hotel room in any city, Minnesota. He's on the road, reads this. Lays down on his bed and has the most epiphanous moment of his life. He spends three days, doesn't move off this bed. These are Kyle's words. Doesn't move off this bed, lays in this bed for three fucking days, staring at the stealing fan, realizing this is the best thing that ever happened to me. The the internet is destroying Kyle Cease at the time. Three days he doesn't move out of this bed. Three days he doesn't move. Just, okay, I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna pivot back. I'm gonna turn back. Turns his life around. Takes all the stuff he's learned, and now he's a motivational speaker. Successful? I think he's actually super successful. <clears throat> so he goes on tour and he, speaks. He goes on tour, he speaks, he holds big forums, but he's...
2: Dude, the, that's the racket, because then you sell the books oh. at the lectures. A New York Times author. Wow, yeah. That's not, the book that makes That's money. not
0: That's real. You can't buy that. That's real.
2: Wow, and he hasn't done stand-up since.
0: Hasn't done stand-up since. Wow, I mean, hardcore, like he would do things. I mean, he's playing he's playing huge fucking venues. I mean, this is what is it that's that's fucking five thousand seats, yeah, five thousand seats. and he's I mean, wow i and his names of his book, I hope I screw this up. He was someone that that watched The Secret and bought it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Like, remember when The Secret was big? Well,
2: well, and it's all those books start, going back to Eckhart Tolle and The Power of Now, they all start with that creation myth. There's a moment where they bottom out, they're having anxiety, they have an epiphany. Eckhart Tolle talks about sitting on a park bench <laughs> for two days straight.
0: Yep. Kelsey's laid in a bed for three days. Yep.
2: It always starts with that. And it's such crap. And it's a racket I may get
0: into. <laughs> Dude, I'll how great would it be to sell 5,000 seats and know I don't have to be funny? I don't have to get any laughs. I just got to tell you what you want to yes. hear. It's going to work out. Yeah. You have the power within yourself. Right. There's a
2: woman who's got a special on Netflix. Barber, bar. I forget her last, begins with a B. And it's huge. It's one of the biggest things on Netflix mind right, this, right now. This, this. And, she, and I watched it. And she is so engaging. She's like a, you know, kind of a slightly overweight Southern woman, middle-aged. And she comes out and she just talks about gra- having gratitudes. There's some basic platitudes about self-help. And she lays it out in a really simple way. And, uh, and then she sells her fucking books and she's playing in this giant theater. And she does, a, it's comedy. Yeah. She tells funny stories oh, and anecdotes. Oh. She gets laughs, but there are no pressure laughs. No if pressure. they didn't get the laugh, she would just move on. Dude, I would. That's what I want.
0: As a motivation. Yeah. Speaker. Like murder. Right. What would your message be? A carpe diem. Yeah. Carpe diem. Guys, 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 this all can end tomorrow. It's not about the future, it's about the now. And if you live in the now, you'll get what you want out of life. Yeah. Don't, don't work to live live to work i don't even know what that means but like dude i get obsessed with these messages like gary v you ever listen to gary v gary valentine no (laughs) the worst motivational speaker you could ever get (laughs) gary valentine if he was a motivational speaker here would be his thing guys it's all switching from scotch to wine. That's all we do. <laughs> just go down to wine, and then you have a big weekend. Go back to scotch, but on the weekdays, we're just doing wine. That's Gary Valentine. By the way, that that is legit a Gary Valentine message I got from him. Gary Valentine is someone that I used to get so drunk with. One time, I took a shot out of a candle. I thought it was a <laughs> shot, and I shot the candle and burned my face. The uh, um, I I would love to be like. Like just do stuff. Like everything, everything now on Instagram is about you know wake up at four thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my my message would be the opposite: sleep in, don't work out. You're saving yourself from a heart attack. Yeah, slow roll it. You know what? Today, take a Xanax in the morning. Yeah, like it would it would all be about like I think about that sometimes because in a weird way in stand up the way it's turned the way it's kind of pivoted is. And this is bullshit talk, and you know that. But you become a brand ambassador almost. Mm-hmm. Like, like, who are who are your fans, and what do they want? At, what do they want to do out of life, and what do they want out of you? Right. Like you think about Rogan's fans are like, get healthy, uh, explore your conscious, um, uh, challenge yourself, challenge yourself, uh. And and love comedy, like laugh. Be a man. Be a fucking man, right? Be a fucking man. If you look at like... But
2: the difference is we're all coming from a place where, and you're a perfect example of this, you fucking live your life and then you put it out there and you attract people that are that brand. Yeah. As opposed to uh, Kyle Cease who says, what's out there, what do they want, I'm gonna give it to them. Is that what he's? And doing? then you're a slave to them. Well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that about colossi. I don't. No, know no, no, them. no, no. But motivational but speakers, motivational speakers, and certain very branded comedians—guys that are super branded—you can just see that every joke they have has to. They, they've got an umbrella, and if that joke doesn't fall under that umbrella, they're not going to do it.
0: It's no different than comics that do comedy to get pussy. Yeah, there are guys I know that have been in the business 25 years, and their whole goal. Was at the end of the night to get pussy. Yeah. And if their if their comedy was outside that umbrella of like safe, fun, that would be fun to take on a date, go to a wedding with. This guy looks like he'd be a blast. Yeah. Not too aggressive, not challenging me. If they didn't stay they and they never grew as comics. So to grow as a comic, you've got to say the thing that alienate really, people. To alienate people, to figure out how to take that joke and not alienate people. Yeah.
2: yeah. Did you get pussy with stand up early Once. on? once in your career
0: once in my career
2: jesus
0: yeah once
2: why because then then you you met leanne soon after. no
0: no no i just it my comedy didn't translate to pussy Ah, like it just was like your guy comic yeah like still to this day like you go to one of my shows and it's it is a thousand dudes who kind of look like me yeah like a lot of beards a lot of hats a lot of fucking guys wearing xls that should be wearing double xls uh-huh. a lot of fucking a lot of guys with like chicks a little hotter than them going like all right i got this locked down right right and then and then obviously you get young kids who are like oh the machine you know it's like but yeah it's it's a lot of like i mean i, I said i went to like you look at any of the videos i did from europe i swear to god without an accent you'd be like oh you're are you in cleveland yeah it's the exact same looking person yeah but yeah there i did the one time i got pussy um, I got two in one night. And so one girl was a virgin. Nice. Yeah, no, I never fucked her. Yeah. Um, we went, there were two girls. I want to say the one girl's name was Stephanie. I don't remember their names. I wish I did. I gotta be honest with you. I kind of still think about this one girl every now and then. Like spank bait? No, 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 no. And I'll tell you why. So like I go home the we all hang out, everyone separates off, and the virgin stays with me. Go, we go back to my house, we hook up fool around, don't have sex, fool around in my bed, totally fun, and then she goes back to Chicago. Like, she's like, I was just here for the weekend. She goes back to Chicago. The other one was fucking adorable. I mean, dark hair, Italian. I I think her name was Stephanie or something. And she was, I mean, adorable, like my wife, like that kind of look, like really cute face, like just great body, little smaller, little shorter, Here's what was great about her. She was fun as fuck. She always had a smile. Like, that's my wife has that too. Like, everything's always like, huh, huh, huh. And then one night, that, she, we hooked up a bunch. And then one night, all her friends came in from Chicago. And they were all getting ready at my house to go see the show that night at the Boston Comedy Club. Yeah. And we'd all party during the day. And I was like, I'm going to take a nap. And she, I heard her say to her friends in the living room of my place, as they were getting ready. Guys, 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 we got to keep it down. He needs to really rest before his performance. So, like, let's keep our voices down. They're like, oh, okay. And I went. She's taking care of me. Like I'd never had a girl take care of me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is Italian girl for you. This is a keeper. Yeah. And then I moved. I moved. I got a deal, and I moved out to L.A. She spent the rest of the summer in New York, and we never kept in touch. I don't know her name. Wow. She's. I want to see her. I want to run into her at a show i'm sure she's overweight now i'm certain of it but i guarantee you her husband's like just the most taken care of motherfucker
2: jesus i used to hook up a lot but i had uh i always had girlfriends that i cheated on and i remember one time i was up in, uh i was living with a girl in new york and uh i went up to new hampshire I did this gig, and these two, and it was like a roadhouse gig. It was like all locals came; the same people came every week. Yeah, and you know those are always the best shows. They fucking laugh their asses off. Oh, they yeah. heckle, but in a nice way, and you all have a drink afterwards. And and uh, it was back when I was still drinking, and so I meet these two girls, and they are a fucking team. They present oh, together. Jesus Christ! And so I talk to them, and I flirt with them, and. You know, we're holding hands, the three of us. I just remember the three of us in a circle holding hands. And then they give me their address and they say, why don't you meet us back at our place? They fucking live together. Oh my God. And they're like, uh, they were Latino. And I can't remember what kind of Latino they were, but they were like, you know, dark skinned and voluptuous and red lipstick. Make them Brazilian in my head. Pumps, Brazilian. And uh, so I get in my car and I was trying, at the time I was like, I can't fucking cheat. I can't cheat. I've been bad. God. So I sit in the parking lot for like 20 minutes debating. I'm looking at the fucking address
0: and- By the way, I've only done that with a refrigerator.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I finally just get in the car and I drive from New Hampshire back to New York that night. It took me like, fucking six hours and i and i get back and my girlfriend says yeah you got a phone call about six hours ago they looked up my number in new york when it was listed and left me a message saying if you check your voicemail we're still waiting we don't know if you got lost it's off route three blah blah blah
0: so you got, you got in trouble. You got in trouble for the trouble. threesome you never Didn't had. Didn't
2: even get the three way. Oh, shut the fuck the up. The fucking Latino three way. We would have been dance salsa dancing, oh. eating burritos, the whole
0: thing. <sighs> Two babies, one night. Yeah. Can can I can I tell you? Here's the problem. Is I just in the middle of that? I went. Oh, here's the problem. If you had gotten in bed with them, right, and you're fooling around and you guys have sex and it's great and you're laying in bed and one of them says to you you know what joke i love yours and they tell you the joke you would tell that joke every fucking night hoping that a threesome (laughs) would happen because david tell told me one joke he liked it wasn't even a great joke and i told it every fucking night yeah because my goal was to get guys like david tell to like me right but but one time if they had been like oh i love that that you danced to that Aaliyah song. He would have been like every night, baby girl, hey. but a man from the big PA. One time I fucking got pussy. Oh, and I fucked a girl from the Boston comedy club one time. Okay. A um, couple times I fucked her. No, I put
2: up some numbers early on. I was still in college when I started. And back then it was like, everybody was like, don't sleep with waitresses. I was like, why wouldn't you? Are you the kidding fuck me? Who are you supposed to
0: sleep with? They're there.
2: They're watching you. You're making them laugh. You're drinking afterwards.
0: Geraldo's like, don't sleep with them. I married them.
2: Oh, that's right. <laughs> And then one of them said, uh, this was a catcherizing star in Princeton, New Jersey, where the club was in the hotel. It was at the Hyatt. And then you stayed upstairs. And this waitress fucking, I, I can just remember like, she went upstairs and I was like, oh, I'm in 342. I'm not sure which way. She's like, it's this way. <laughs> uh-huh. And we went back and she was super hot. She was a personal trainer and she worked out a lot. And she, uh, she gave me a blow job. And then- like within ten minutes, wanted to have sex with me. And here's the thing you got to know about Greg Fitzsimmons: there's a 24-hour clock on the nut. You got to reset it. And so she is doing everything she can. I'm doing everything I can. And this girl is used to. I find out later when I run into like three other comics that are like, "Oh, you did catch start in prison? Did you hang out with Kristen?" I was like, oh. "Yeah, she's." She's not talking well of it. She, like I heard from other guys that she said I couldn't get it up, and it's like, of course I couldn't get it up. You blew me first,
0: dude. Yeah, if you, uh, yeah.
2: That's like, uh, what do you call it when you hit, eat two dinners
0: in one night? Double banger. Or... I don't know. I call it dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I do dinners all the time. That's so funny. That that is. I, I, if in my head I was like, if you're gonna blow me, then that's what you're gonna do. That's it. Yeah, it's that's a selfless been, act. And that's and what we signed it. up for. I'm not gonna. Yeah. We can't double dip this. No. Are you the same way? Oh, yeah. And if you blow me a little bit, just so you know, when we have sex, it's going to be over immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't. I'm not that like that's why I want to try. I want to try Viagra, but I I, I have high blood pressure, so I probably won't try it. No,
2: don't. That's what happened to me. I took it and I got real dizzy.
0: Are you serious? Yeah, I got
2: dizzy. I almost passed out and it lasted forever. I mean, the the erection was good. We talked about this on my podcast a little bit. But I do an ad for uh, for an erection pill, and uh, and it and uh, I like it. It
0: did its job, but I got dizzy. Dude, I got a new sponsor. Like I'm not gonna do a mid roll right now, but I will tell you the name of the sponsor. I just greenlit it, and I'm super fucking excited. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's not what it was. It's for something's burning. It's a sponsor. It's a wipe. Where you wipe your dick oh. and it numbs it?
2: No. Do, have you ever
0: had the numb dick? They used to make condoms like that, where the inside was uh, with a lidocaine, so you were just fucking with like a, a, like you couldn't feel anything, so you couldn't come.
2: Yeah, but isn't that defeating the whole purpose of
0: not? If you're single, like if you're single and you meet a girl and you want to perform well, yeah, because you want her to like you, yeah, bro, you numb it up, right? Put a condom on, yeah, and you can fuck all night and not worry about not blowing a load yeah
2: now that was the thing in college i lived in a freshman dorm and i slept with almost every single girl on my floor it became like a mission for me and the key was you got to find the alpha female and have sex with her but do a extraordinary job you go down on that muffin and you stay down on it for 20 to 25 minutes you <laughs> massage every part of her while you make love Eye contact, intertwine your fingers in a handhold uh, while she's coming. Cuddle uh, afterwards, uh, and then and then she talks. She talks about you.
0: Well, it's like you that's get like, a buzz. It's like getting the Elderman in Chicago on your side before you go and open a restaurant.
2: <laughs> that's right.
0: That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. My freshman year of college, my my first week, me and Jeff Hartley decided we were going to go from floor to floor to floor meeting all the hottest women on each floor and trying to hook up so the very first night we went to floor one we knocked on every door and then when they'd open we'd say yeah and by the way i'm sure this is i'm sure this is a microaggression me too something that you can't lie or whatever i I get it it was a different time we'd knock on the door they'd answer the door and we go yeah we're from um fsu's mattress police we need to make sure the tags are still on your mattresses i love it and they'd be like oh okay and they'd let us in we checked their mattresses and if they were hot We'd stick around and flirt. And if they weren't, we'd check the matches and just go to the next room. <laughs> first night, I hooked up with one of the most beautiful to date, meaning like at up to that time, one of the hottest chicks i had ever hooked up with. So fucking hot from Orlando. Perfect. Fucking perfect. I would have dated this girl, but there were fucking four more floors for us to hit. So we hook up that first night. I go to the next floor the next night. Me and Jeff find two other girls. We hook up with them. And during this week in the elevator, the reason it started all this, I had seen a girl um, in the elevator that was the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen. Just, I mean, fucking stunning. And our goal was technically to find out where she was. No joke. I'm not not punching this up for comedic effect or for story effect. I swear to you, we saw her in the closet with her. Uh, mom or dad whoever took her to school she was the most beautiful girl and we said what we'll do is we'll just keep scoping floor to floor to floor until we find this girl there was a and this is florida state there was a black floor like they had a black chicks oh yeah oh yeah they They weren't allowed to live anywhere else uh they had a black floor no they weren't allowed on the white floors there was a black floor of black chicks and a black floor of black dudes i think it was floor two and four right
2: in a freshman dorm
0: in a freshman dorm
2: so the so in other words the the black kids would
0: come to school and say i want to live on the black floor nope black kids on this floor black kids on this floor white kids on all the other floors segregation a hundred fucking percent and my buddy miles mosley they thought he was black because of his name and they put him on the black floor we were just separating based on your fucking name what dude it was all, but, but uh, just to be fair, uh, not to, I mean, not to make this story go too out of control, it was also the those black guys on the black floor were all the um, football players. Okay. So it was all football players on that floor. Right. So then, by the way, the night we go to the black floor, black girls, we meet some of the football players. Me and a football player end up in these two, this one black girl, Vanilla was her name. We end up in her room. Jeff's, Jeff goes off to the white floors. I stay on the black floor, floor with the black girl, girl. girl's floor with this football player. And they start checking. It's now curfew. They start checking the floors. And me and this guy end up in this girl Vanilla's room. I'm under the bed. He's behind the door. The RA opens the room, shuts the door, doesn't see us, right? We come out of the room and we are caught on the elevator by the RA. And now, and the head person there, like the police are there or whatever, campus security is there. And the RA says, I saw him, it points to the black, I saw him in one of the rooms. I'd been in the room with him and I know he didn't see him. I saw him in one of the rooms. He's been on the girl's floor. And, I, and, and the black guy looks at me, he goes, I've been with him all night. And I go, I have been with him all night. And then this fucking idiot goes, and you didn't see me because I saw you in the mirror. I was behind the door, and I went, uh, you fucking idiot. And he was like, we were both in that room. And I was like, "Fuckface, face. We were just out of this. Yeah. And we got we got in trouble. So we go all the floors. I hook up with a new girl every night. Not on the black floor. I didn't hook up with a black chick, but like every floor, every floor. I swear to you, I will call my buddy Jeff Hartley right now. On the ninth floor of, of Smith Hall or whatever, Davinny Hall, we get to the very last door, and I go, I literally say, I can't believe we didn't find this chick right by the stairwell. Knock on the door, and it's that fucking girl. Ended up dating her for five years. No shit. I Ended up dating her for five years. Whoa. And just to be fair, my buddy Jeff fucked her too. So, in between? No, towards the end, that's why we broke up. But, Whoa. yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, Did you stay friends with Jeff? Yeah, I'm still friends with Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pussy. What are you gonna do? And so, and so, uh, but she was the last fucking room. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had sex with, I swear to you, it
2: became a fucking mission for me. And there was this one girl, I would just, I would do booty calls. I'd come home at two, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. I would knock on doors of girls I thought that there was a little connection with. And there was this one girl who I was friends with. We used to drink a lot together and we, she was funny as hell. And she had a beard. And so I knock on her door three in the morning and she answers. And like, doesn't say a word. Just walk in, fucking strip down. And she had hair all over her back and on her breasts. And I made love to her like she was a fucking monkey. (laughs) And it was the best sex I'd had on that entire floor. I finished, I put my clothes on, I walked out (coughs) and we never spoke of it again. Started, just started drinking again together. Hanging out.
0: Oh, can I tell you that's what I miss in women? Like, my wife misses a first kiss. It's the one thing she says. I'm bummed out, I'll never get another first kiss. Can I tell you what I miss? Is a summer fling with a girl that smokes pot and likes old comedies. And you don't sound beautiful, but you guys start hooking up over yeah. summer school. And then you and her just smoke bowls. And hey, you want to come overnight, get a pizza, watch Eddie Murphy Raw? And you're like, yeah. fuck yeah. You go over to her house, you get high. And like, she just like her, th- I I I always, I always talk about like, but her thumbs are just like raw from po- packing bowls. Are always like sooted. <laughs> 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 She's got that brown
2: on her front two teeth. Yeah, yeah. And taking and bong hits, but
0: she just has a great sense of humor. Yeah. You guys do like shit it. You're not in love, and you know it's gonna end when summer ends. Yeah, but you're just like, like. Those summer flings were so much fucking fun. Yeah. In summer school, I went to summer school every single year in college. You did? Seven summer schools. Cuz you kept failing? No, I just I never would leave. I went yeah. my very first freshman year, I when I went home after I did summer school, freshman year, and then I was like, I'm going to go home and work. And I went home and I bought a dog and the dog was tearing up my dad's house and my and my dad went to the cardiologist and my dad's cardiologist said, "Your son needs to go back to school. I think he's driving you crazy." He was like, "I think you're having a heart attack because of your son." So I went back and I moved in with Judd and this guy, Judd and Cuz. These are the, I mean, this is like, like I look back, it sounds so silly, but I get so romantic for this. Cuz worked for Nabisco. And so if he got, he had to go into every store and if there was broken products, he just took them home and threw them out. I was supposed to throw them out. Yeah. So we got all the broken products from Nabisco's. Nutter Butters were my favorite. We had so many Nutter Butters. We'd lay them out until they got stale on the counter. And then you'd just be (laughs) eating Nutter Butters. I found Sonic the Hedgehog, Widespread Panic, and Marijuana that summer. Got an (laughs) Iguana. It was like the greatest summer of my fucking life. Yeah, Dude, it was like I had a Jetta. I had a Grateful Dead sticker on the back. Oh, it was like the ultimate fucking summer and i barely knew these guys they're my fraternity but i ended up living with them and then i was like i'm doing this every fucking summer yeah i could go through the summer by summer and just like i remember one summer uh this bar burnt down like in you know irish what's it called jewish lightning
2: when when they burn it down for the insurance
0: yeah and we went in and we uh burns down two days later still smoldering we go in and we pull out all the booze Nice. we steal all the booze and put it in trunks. Wow. All the covers are burnt. We don't know what we're drinking. And <laughs> and uh That's great. And then one night we got a trunk full of booze in my in the back of my Jetta and we get this hair up our ass. We're like, let's do like a fear and loathing trip and just just get in the car and start driving. And dude, we ended up in West Virginia, just I mean, drink like one person would drive We'd all drink and then we'd pass out and then we'd switch. Someone else would drive. We'd all drink. It was like the craziest. I remember calling my mom on a payphone and being like, just so you know, I'm going on a road trip. I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, I miss that, those summers. And you
2: didn't have any money, but you fucking found a way. You no know, money. You did it all on nothing. I was out. I lived in the Hamptons one summer with my brother and God this kid, it. Sean Burgoyne. You, who- you don't ever get to do that again. I know. Doesn't that suck? Yep. And, you know, and the, literally the gratification of working hand to mouth. Like I worked in this bar. We lived in a
0: shithole. It was a flea infested bedroom. You, hold on. You guys fucked those older girls. Did I tell you this? Dude, story? this is one of my favorite stories ever. Yeah. This is one of my, fa- dude, this is the thing that I live for in life is these moments where you'll never get them again. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. Keep
2: so going. So I, so I we're staying in this one bedroom and it was literally like whoever got home first went into the bedroom and locked the door so we'd have a fucking bed. The other two guys slept on a fold-out. Our legs and arms were... Cut. We looked like we had measles from all the flea bites. Dude, I'm no literally singing this song along in my head. Shag carpet, but it was a condo complex with a pool. And next door was a uh, these two sisters, the Palumbo sisters, and they God were from Queens. It. And uh, they had a two-bedroom tripped out with a fucking full bar... Beautiful kitchen, everything was nice. And they came out on the weekends and they'd come out and uh, I fooled around with the older one. Who I was 19 that year and she turned 40. We celebrated her 40th birthday. And that was my, we had this relationship and I, I, I didn't love her, but I really liked her. And uh, we we loved the same books and she was very deep, very smart, she was an attorney. She was a big, she worked for Lee Ayakoko at the time. She was like Jesus. one of his lead attorneys. And then her younger sister would come out. She was a hairdresser and my brother was having an affair with her and uh, they would come out and uh, they would cook all weekend. Real Italians make fucking ziti and chicken Parmesan and we'd eat it. And then at the end of the weekend, they would put it all into Tupperware and give us all the leftovers. And that would last us till maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. And then they'd come back out on Friday and we did this all summer. And then, and i was getting up i worked at a at a uh, place called summers in in, on dune road in hampton bay and i'd go out there i'd have to i'd ride my bike seven miles and i'd get there and i'd have to be there at like nine o'clock in the morning and they had these giant fucking speakers that were the size of cars it was like six of them and they faced the the beach because it was a it was a beach bar and all these drunks were laying out on the sand from the night before passed out and uh and I would crank 2001 Space Us, you know, dun, 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 dun. dun. Yeah. And you just see all these drunks like holding their ears and getting up and they would leave and we'd clear the beach. And then I'd, we'd start bringing up racks of liquor. There were, there were 12 bartenders all pouring at the same time at outdoor bars, giant oval bars with like seven bartenders at each one. And I would just wear a bathing suit and a tank top and carry it all day buckets of ice, fucking cases of beer, drinking Miller Lights all day, diving in the ocean every couple hours. And at the end of the day, you know, they'd close up at six o'clock. I'd be drunk. I'd get on my bike seven miles back home again, fucking hang out with the Palumbo sisters
0: all summer. So wait, what's our version of that now? Like, like if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, like there's so many things advice wise that I give to like a 20 a year old kid, a 21 year old kid, like I'll tell you things I regret. I never worked a summer in Greece. Yeah. I wish I had, I wish I had backpacked and then shut it down and said, you know what? I'm going to work at the pink palace for the right, summer. Right. I never did that. I never, I never like, I always wish I had worked for, Um, for, I, I, I really wish I had after college that I had taken like a year off and worked in Aspen, you know, with all that, all the people that are of the same age doing the yeah. same thing, right. those little communities working at like a beach bar in the hamptons yeah what is our version of that now in life say you're like 35 you're like us and you're like yeah i got kids i'm locked into this like when do we get do like can we have any of those like you don't ever get that again
2: at this age can we do that i know well i mean with the internet you kind of can like you know, stand-up is huge in Europe and Australia. You could go and say, I'm going to do a year in Australia and get uh, into that scene, build up a little following, still do your podcast, and just, it would be Burt cast down under. You call it for a year. You call it a project. That's not bad. And you immerse yourself, idea. you Airbnb your house for I bet a fucking profit. your podcast numbers would
0: fucking skyrocket.
2: Huge. And you would become so fucking big in Australia. You could go back there. For two weeks every... Well, you're doing Australia, aren't you're you? Doing Australia
0: in a couple of and weeks. And I
2: noticed your shows are almost all sold out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Auckland. We have tickets left in Auckland. We added a second show in Sydney and a second show in Perth. Thanks, Craig. Yeah. Of
2: course. But um, the one thing I regret is when I was... Uh, when I was... Graduated high school, I didn't want to go to college. Yeah. So I went to work. I wanted to go to Europe. And so I... I uh, worked two jobs. I was a I was a cook at TGI Fridays at night. And then I was a caddy at a golf course. So for the whole summer, I worked fucking nonstop while drinking all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you did it. I saved $4,000. I got a backpack and I went to Europe by myself for six months. And I just traveled around. My first stop was Ireland. And I had like a a friend of a friend was meeting me in, in, uh, in Cork City, which is the most fun city in Ireland. Really? Meet up with this guy. His name is Tio. And we just fucking clicked soulmates immediately and the first night he had me out till four in the morning at all the pubs and uh and so i ended up staying there in that town for the first month of my trip
0: holy shit and
2: i just got into like the the whole world of cork and then i left i want to see the rest of ireland so he left with me and we traveled every fucking town on the west coast of ireland all the way up into northern ireland and we realized that we were living the life that every backpacker really wanted to live. What are the right bars? Where is the cheapest place to get a falafel? Yeah. Where do you find girls? What's the cheapest way to hitchhike? Where do you stand to hitchhike? And we realized this is a travel book we should be writing. We should travel Europe for a year, take copious notes, and just party. And instead of let's go Europe, which was like the Bible back then, it was like every kid had it, but it it was all museums, and fucking you know cheap hotels as opposed to like hostels we would have the hostels and uh and i didn't that's one of my biggest regrets in life is that because he wanted to do it and i and i bailed dude
0: that would be a an amazing podcast yeah like if you if you're please do it so that i know what to do but like say you say you're like 22 years old you're out of college you're like what do i do you get you and your best friend and you just you take like advice from the internet you find out what they do and you go explore europe for a year and just do a podcast just literally detailing your trip through europe and where you went where was popular i would love it's so hard when you go to a new city like we're going to bali in a week and you go where do we stay yeah i don't know same thing with costa rica where do i stay like i don't know where where, when i see the pictures online where are they staying that's what i do on instagram as i I find pictures of Bali and then I just follow that hashtag Bali and then anytime I see a cool place, I send it to my daughters and I go, yo, put this down. And then, so now we've got a bunch of pictures of places we want, we liked the picture. Yeah. So we're going to just go to all the pictures that we saw. Yeah. Dude, I went to Bali. I'll tell you where to go. Oh, for real you went to Bali? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, first you start out, go to Jimbaran Bay, which is like, all the high-end resorts.
0: Is that is that near the airport down south?
2: Yes. Yep. We're it's okay. We're going. Tip.
0: We're going there the first two nights. Okay. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's expensive because yeah. it's all like it's all internationally owned hotels. Yeah. And then you then you grab a driver and uh, the driver's there. Everybody's named John yeah. because that's like the name in Bali. Okay. And everyone's John. And you get John in his van and he'll drive you for ten dollars a day. We'll drive you. Wherever the fuck you want to go,
0: all and right.
2: they'll take you to the right places to eat. They've got a cousin who's got a good restaurant in this town, so you
0: go to a bood. We're going to a bood. Yeah, a For Three is, days in a bood.
2: and that's all. That's the art center, and they have all these. And they, and it's like that's like,
0: bro, you're you're naming our trip right now, which makes me feel so fucking good.
2: Yeah, and then you go up there, and uh, and that's where all the artists are. Yeah. And and our whole house is Balinese art. It's fucking beautiful. Really, and it's like the government subsidizes the artists and so there's a there's a whole city of artists and you go around and they're living in huts and they're fucking sitting around smoking and when they feel like doing art they do art but there's no pressure and it's all and they they've got these balinese calendars you want to get one of those yeah and you frame that um all all kinds of handicraft you can also buy uh beautiful outdoor furniture that they make out of teak well they ship you, it back they for you? ship that shit right oh motherfucker!
0: oh yeah i wish my wife is here right now this is what my wife and i've been talking about like what to do we're gonna take a boat out a private boat out to Nusa panita oh yeah nice. we're gonna take a private and go snorkeling yep um every every tour we're doing i told my wife i go if it's a little extra just get the private one yeah because i don't like being like i like i don't like it's gotten uh, like a little annoying where you sit down and it's other americans are like oh yeah, hey man, I saw your Netflix special, and you're like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, cool." And then, and my, my wife has noticed that I turn into a different person. Then, yeah, I, I like turn it on for the day. Right. Yeah, who right. wants to do a shot, huh? Shirts yeah, off, right? Yeah. So,
2: and then you go to Kuta. Just go there for a couple days. Is that's, that up north? That's the northwest tip. Yeah. That's where the surfing is. That's where oh, the really? literally world class. You know that movie? Um, uh, what's the movie where they surf all the way uh, for endless summer? Yeah, endless yeah. summer is a it. It's there, and uh, take you know you can get a board there for a few bucks and you'll get a coach or a teacher and they'll go out in the water with you i'm
0: looking at this
2: and just do it it sounds crazy that you'll surf they got these boards that are fucking 14 feet long you can't lose they push you into the wave and uh but that's super touristy you don't want to stay there that long
0: i'm kuta yeah i'm putting that on my thing um yeah I, i i can i tell you a business idea i had yeah, I'll bounce it off you. You tell me if it's any good. Kuta Beach? Yeah. It's about 8,000 miles away. All right. I got it. Um, I wanted to open... When I worked at Travel Channel, I'd, I'd have to work at Travel Channel again to really sell this. Um, I wanted to... Maybe I'll sell it as a TV show to Travel Channel. Do you know how... like what What I found was if you got a show on Food Network... All you then had to do was open up a chain, open up a restaurant, and you'd make killing. Yeah. What if you had a show on Travel Channel, and you were opening up Airbnbs? Okay. And you were going into like a place. <clears throat> the pitch is, I, I'm Burk and I have a hedge fund with $100,000 in it. And I'm going around this world every episode and picking a city and ground up building myself an Airbnb. That's the episode. Not so, buying an existing apartment. I, I find a place. I tear it down. I build it up. Okay. Right? Not just going in and find a place. So I go in and find the best locations. I find the best restaurants. I find the best place. And then I I do a build, like a, a DIY build. Where we're like, you know, like one episode of DIY where they're like, "All right, you wanted it, you had this. We opened this whole door up, and this is the bar." So I'm making an Airbnb that people then can then watch. So you watch. figure
2: 100 grand, you can open them all around the world. Yeah,
0: yeah, 100 grand. <laughs>
2: they're gonna have paper thin walls, fucking linoleum floors.
0: I meant 100 million. I meant 100 million. I got 100 grand. The first one's a hut in Bali. Fuck this is why i need someone like you in got my a life. grass roof oh fuck <laughs> dude yeah 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 but you go around you open airbnb's up and you just and it's like a diy show like you know like beach living or yeah. all those but you go in you find the place and then while they're doing the build which you come back to you're exploring the city you're doing the it. events that's great i'm telling you man i wish travel channel was wasn't entirely uh fucking paranormal right now yeah that's all they are. By
2: the way, hold up the shirt for oh, your other shit. fans. I got a new t-shirt. This is Wait, good. don't show it yet. I'll tell the story first. Okay. So uh, I was working in Boston years ago when I was first starting out and um, a overweight black woman called the club. We're assuming she's an overweight black woman for the sake of the story. And she calls up and she goes, uh, who on the show tonight? She was from the 19th century. And they said, well, it's uh, it's Jackie Flynn, <laughs> Anthony Clark, and Greg Fitzsimmons. And she goes, is Grapefruit Simmons the headliner? And to this day, everybody in Boston calls me Grapefruit Simmons. So one of my fans heard that story. They made a shirt. Here it is. Hey, now. Available at Fitzdog.com. Grapefruit
0: Simmons. <laughs> Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, confusing review process, literally just sitting in your office going, how can I find help? But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Burtcast. ZipRecruiter sends jobs to over 100 of the web's leading job boards but they don't just stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find the people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates. So you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. At this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. Ziprecruiter the smartest way to hire this podcast is also brought to you by quip it is time for spring cleaning and quip has an easy way to start with your brushing habits in just two minutes twice a day you can help pave a way for a healthier mouth and mind and now the whole family can get refreshed with quip the new kids quip has the same two minute timer and guiding pulses as the original version with no childish gimmicks So they can brush just like the grown-ups in their life. The new brush is the same as the original, just tweaked for the size down mouths. The kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products that the adults in their lives use. And now they're proud to use Quip. Help them develop a grown-up routine without the childish gimmicks. The new brushes are a little smaller. They have watermelon anti-cavity toothpaste and rubber grip handles in colors that the kids will love. Same sensitive sonic vibrations built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you to switch sides and help you clean your entire mouth and the multi-use cover, which I absolutely love. I've been using this brush. The entire time on tour, I throw it in my backpack, I pull it out, I pull off the cover, I put it on the mirror, it sticks to the mirror, I throw my brush in the mirror, and then I never forget to brush my teeth on the road. The best part of Quip is brushes are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, a friendly reminder when it's time to refresh and stay committed to your oral health. I absolutely love this brush. My daughter stole these brushes when we first got them and now they're making them for kids. My daughters are going to lose their fucking minds. That's why I love Quip and why over 1 million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25 and if you go to getquip.com slash Burt right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free if you go to getqui com slash Burt. Comedy Central is a new podcast called Your Two Dads with Sean and Julian. Hosts Julian McCullough and Sean O'Connor are comedians and longtime best friends who separately became dads. In the podcast, they're going to talk to other dads, moms, friends, and more, all while reviewing kids' food, children's TV, movies, and role-playing parenting scenarios from the news. They will also take your parenting questions and answer them so honestly, you will regret you asked them. These guys are not experts, but they're funny, and their kids are still alive, so it's got to count for something, right? If you're if you're a dad, and you want to be a dad, or maybe you're not sure you want to be a dad, this show is for you. Subscribe, listen, and become a better person. None of those things are actually related. Subscribe to Your Two Dads with Sean and Julian for Comedy Central's idea of a parenting podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, <laughs> is great food. That happened to my sister, Cotty. Uh We walked in. It was, a, but it wasn't a. It wasn't a, a black woman. It was a like a disconnected, affected, uh, either Persian or Mexican kid behind the, at the Denny's when you turn off La Tijera to go yep. to the airport, right? And we went in. We dropped off my parents, and we were coming back. We we're gonna have breakfast. Me and my sisters. My sister's name's Codi, and we go in. She goes, "How long for a wait?" And he goes, "It'll be like ten minutes." She goes, okay. He goes, what's the name? She goes, Cotty. And he goes, Crotchy? She goes, no, Cotty. And he goes, Cunty? <laughs> and she looks at him and she goes, yeah. Yeah. That's it.
2: Of course she does. And did. then sits
0: down and <laughs> stares at him and he looks, and he goes, your table's ready. And she goes, what's the name? And made him say it out loud, Cunty? she goes table for cunty <laughs> god damn it my, my
2: daughter and all of her friends have uh, starbucks names that's a big thing with teenagers oh, that's thinking brilliant. with starbucks names hers is mcleod for some reason but uh
0: oh my god wait,
2: how old are your daughters i think we have a daughter
0: 12 and 13 no 12 and 14 yeah mine's 15 my yeah, mine's turning 15 next week my my fucking 12 year old who is across the board thinks differently than any human being I've ever met. Yeah. Right. Uh, we got Starbucks at target the other day, the target over in, uh, in the Valley. And I said, uh, I told her what I wanted. She, and I'm, I'm trying to force her to be independent. I said, uh, go up and you know order. Them. So she orders and they go name. She goes, Illa. And I said, Ila, that's not your fucking name. She goes, dad, trust me. They're gonna say it wrong. It's Ila, so they write it out right, and the f- the fucking girl takes the order, looks at it, and goes Isla, and said it perfectly. I went, oh my god. I guess if you have that name, yeah, you learn that if you say Isla, they're gonna spell it wrong, and so like a a week later, we're at our Starbucks, so we're getting Starbucks, and I say Isla, and I swear to God, the woman grabs it, goes Lily. Uh Lily, Cece, Cece, Ila And I go, It's it's Isla. And Isla goes, should have just told her Ila
2: Yeah. It
0: was a fucking amazing. These are life
2: hacks. You figure yeah, it out. Yeah, it's like
0: you figure it out quickly and you're like, Right. I always get Brent, Brent, Bert, Brett. No one yeah. ever says Bert.
2: Black people always say Simmons. I think it's a very common African American name. It's so, so when I Simmons? say when I check into a hotel and I say Greg Fitzsimmons. Ninety percent of the time, if it's African American, they say Simmons.
0: That's interesting. Black women always say my name like it's like it like it. It bothered them. Like when I I always go Bert and they go Bert. <laughs> like how the fuck did you get named that, Bert? Yeah, Bert. I ain't never met a Bert before. And I always say they don't make them in black.
2: <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, there's no black Berts.
0: There was a that's a there's a big deal about like uh for me at least coming from florida i didn't know very many i didn't know very many black people at all i didn't know very i didn't know any asians i didn't know one indian i didn't know anyone in florida it was very segregated yeah and moving to new york and working with black audiences and and mostly the boston comedy club puerto rican and black it was like a huge discovery period of my life yeah like i would say things that i don't even know if they're racist but i would discover them like i remember there's a a guy in the front row who had dreadlocks and he was balding and i said sir does just one day does just one dreadlock fall out all together <laughs> and he was like huh and i said like when i lose my hair it just starts thinning 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 and then i go oh that whole area is gone do you ever just wake up and there's a dreadlock in bed with you like a snake <laughs> and everyone's like what the fuck are you saying to this guy but i was like i don't know i'm asking yeah. i have no fucking idea yeah That's hilarious. No, that's
2: the great thing about stand-up comedy is it is one of the true melting pots. It is not stand-up's a meritocracy. And if you're a black comic and you're funny, you're going to work. If you're a female comic and you're funny, you're going to work. And that group of people ends up at the club. Now, granted, there are black clubs and there are clubs that I think err on being too white. But for the most part, when you're in the comedy community, especially in New York um you are around your peers and they are all races and everybody gets treated the same
0: did you see what was going on with legion of skanks and milo yananopoulos no that was fucking insane that was insane and and i don't know where to stand on this because i don't technically agree with milo yananopoulos and i probably would not have him on my podcast but is he greek I, no 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 he's the he's like um by the way, I am broad stroking everything, so I'm using the word allegedly, and like I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about. He was an alt right. He he's the guy that infamously I think attacked Leslie Jones. Okay. Like he was the guy that spearheaded that. Allegedly, I don't remember. I don't know he had enough to about say him. Spearhead. <laughs> 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 he was the guy who was in charge of that. Okay. He's like a gay alt right, and they call him a Nazi, but I don't think he's a Nazi, but I don't know. Like, I don't have, I won't have any of those guys on my podcast, not because I don't want to talk to them. I would love to talk to him, Alex Jones, all those guys. I would love to. The problem is I am such a non-confrontational person that I would be agreeing with stuff. I don't know what mm-hmm. they're saying. And people would be like, Bert, do you even know what you fucking said? Yeah. You said that all Jews should be. I'm like, I, I was just, I was just nodding. Um, But he, they, Legion's skanks had him on. I think they made a couple mistakes. I think they promoted it, which is. They were going to do it at the creek in the cave and they promoted it. And then once that happened, the, uh, the liberal comedians in Brooklyn, all the, like, I think mostly open micers, but like, I don't really know, but I don't know any of their names. I don't know them personally. I know one or two of them, but they like lost their shit. And they started like, they started sending out like directions to find a McDonald's. Cause people throw milkshakes at them at, at Milo little They throw milkshakes at them. And they were like milkshake these motherfuckers like this we should boycott the co- creek in the cave and it was such uh, and then Luis J Gomez who like I was blown away that Eric Heidecker even knows who Luis J Gomez is like I, the fact that Luis J Gomez and Eric Heidecker are, know each other at all is
2: Eric fucking... is from Tim and Eric
0: yeah Tim and Eric yeah he's the 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 smaller one yeah he was fuck like. He like lit them up and then everyone like, it was like a huge alt comedy versus bro comedy moment, which was, and it was all based on free speech. Yeah. And I I was like, was, was it good. Dude, I followed it. I followed it. Ari was there. Ari was on it. Ari said it was great. I haven't heard the podcast. It comes out Friday. I'm going to listen to the podcast. I don't agree with what Milo ever says. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't. But I don't, by the way, I also don't care. Like, there's a lot of shit I don't care about. Mm-hmm. Like, where I just go, oh, I'm blown away that people care yeah. about Milo. Just don't listen to them. Yeah. But it was really crazy. And it was really, like, what you were saying a little bit. It was this real division of, like, white comedy clubs. Like, these these woke alt-comedy clubs versus comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, like, the seller.
2: Yeah, no, that's the thing about these, like, UCB and all those places. They're so fucking white. It's all trust fund kids that are in their 20s and somehow can afford apartments in LA and to be at comedy shows every night. And they're they're usually like just out of college. Their parents paid for college. Yeah. And then you go to a real comedy club and the audience is black, Latino, Jewish, old, whatever. And you get a real cross section. And so it reflects in the comics that are performing there also.
0: Oh, 100%. What was crazy is at one point, there were two uh, liberal... Um, Uh, alt comics arguing racism to lewis who's puerto rican Mm -hmm. they were calling him white. they were arguing racism with a puerto rican Mm -hmm. which was so like um if you're talking about mansplaining or checking your privilege yeah to talk to a guy who watched his father get stabbed in the streets in the fucking bronx Mm -hmm. like to then go this is what racism is to a guy who's experienced it his whole fucking life yeah i just was like what the fuck is our world coming to yeah but i think it's i think you're right i think it's kids who never really experienced uh regular life Mm -hmm. like do a club with black comics yeah have to follow a black comic
2: who was your first black friend then when you moved to new york this is where you find out bert
0: tony Woods never made one tony woods (laughs) tony woods tony woods was the first i'm like i was friends with godfrey donnell um, i I party with Mike Epps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but like friend, meaning like someone I would like call and, yeah, and to talk and, and talk to was Tony Woods. Still yeah. is Tony Woods. Tony yeah. Woods is was really instrumental to a lot of how I was doing stand-up and what, what I was doing wrong. Great was, fucking comic. Dude, he's just I mean There's a guy I always
2: wondered why he didn't make it big.
0: Good looking, smooth, smart. I have no fucking idea. I saw him do Last Comic Standing auditions, and he just didn't, really didn't give a fuck, almost to the point where it was detrimental. I was like, "Yeah, I wanted to go." Tony, can I tell you what jokes to tell? Because I know they'll murder, and no one can follow them. Mm -hmm. Like, just tell those. He was, he is so talented. We, you know what we did one time? This is probably one of the greatest moments I've had on stage in my career. I'm at the DC Improv. He shows up, and I in the back I hear. Hey, man, why don't you tell your Tracy Morgan story? Because Tony was there the night that Tracy Morgan story happened. So he witnessed the entire story with me. He was there. The entire story was me and him. So I go, is that Tony Woods? My wife's in the audience. My camera is in the fucking green room. I go, is that Tony? Tony goes, yeah. Yeah, shorty, let me. I want to hear your story. I said, why don't you come on stage and we'll tell the story together. So we told dueling Tracy Morgan stories of that one night. Where I'd start telling and he'd stop me and correct me. Uh-huh. And then he'd start telling and I'd stop him. It was fucking genius. You're like the Sklar brothers, the interracial Sklar brothers. It was so funny. And we ended it together. I said, and at the very end of the night, then Tony goes, Tracy Morgan takes his shirt, snaps it, looks at Bert and says, and at the same time, we said the same thing. And the fucking place erupts. Standing ovation. That's our show. Come see Tony that's next awesome. time he's here. I get off my wife's like that was the most amazing thing i've ever seen ever i go did you videotape it she goes oh, i should have oh. shouldn't I? Oh, I was like that would have changed my career yeah like, oh that's great tony was tony was the first like i remember us getting in conversation i remember one night he said to me he goes have you ever said the n-word i was like yeah of course And he was so shocked he was like you i was like in my head i was like what did i yeah of course they're like wait in My head. I'm like I've sung it a million times. Sung like it. I've, I grew oh, up. From yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Grew, I don't just sing it when I'm doing yard work. Yeah. But, like, <clears throat> but I go. I'm not. I'm not like. I go. I'm, not, I'm like. I grew up in the South. Of course, of course. I. I mean. Like. He was like. I remember him just being like. Really. Wait. Who was your black first black friend? Um, Jimmy Ridnour, who
2: um, was a kid who. We were good friends and we had a running bit. I was, when I was in like, you know, fourth grade, I was already doing comedy routines. Really? I was already, I had bits, this kid, John Yerzak and me. We, at lunchtime, we used to stand on the steps and this fucking gaggle of young girls would stand there like an audience and we would do bits. And I mean like theme song from the Muppet show, like childish oh, shit. Oh, wow. And uh and so I had a bit with this guy, uh, Jimmy Reidenhower, and I would pretend he was a big kid, and I would pretend that I was threatening him and he would like kowtow and, and it was just funny. <laughs> and we did it for fucking two or three years. Yeah. And then when we got to a certain age, we moved up to the middle school and all of a sudden there was like older black kids. And in, where I grew up in Tarrytown, there was a lot of black kids and a lot of them were related. There was a lot of cousins. Yeah. And, uh, and so he was with some of his older cousins one day and I came up and I started doing the bit and he walked over and he picked me up oh. and he fucking dropped me on the ground. And then he just turned around and walked away with the other guys. And I was laying there like out of breath. I just remember looking up and he just kind of like, looked back at me. Like,
0: you can't do that to me in front of them.
2: Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And that guy, later on, was living in, <sighs> I want to say Arkansas, and he joined the army, and he was living in Arkansas, he had a white wife, and he was selling a used car, so these two rednecks show up to his house to see the car, they see his white wife, and they fucking took him for a ride, and they killed him.
0: Is that real? That's real. Shut the fuck up yeah i am so shocked and i know this sounds is is an asinine thing to say i'm so shocked that that exists Mm -hmm. that, that like like when you hear the story about uh not larry bird james bird getting dragged behind a truck that there's people that believe that way yeah i'm so fucking blown away yeah that there are people that would act on those thoughts. Right. Like when they say there's racism in this country, I go, Oh yeah, 100 percent I totally agree. But when they say there's Nazis or neo-Nazis in this country, and that the majority of these I go, well, it's a that's a very small minority. But the fact that there even exists at all, I'm like, who the fuck can live their life like that? Like it's gotta well, be Well,
2: and also that there's shades <clears throat> of it. I mean, there's examples like that, which obviously make you nauseous and angry. Uh, But then within that, there is, you talk to audiences after shows sometimes, you know, you're in some, some backward States and they will say the N word and they will say things. And you realize like it's insidious. And when you talk about a black person going to rent an apartment and the realtor being like one of those people, you're not getting that apartment. No. you're not getting that job and people want to talk about that you know well they should pull themselves up by their bootstraps or whatever the fucking racist ideology is behind why black people are making less on the dollar than white people are and yeah. and whatever it's like you know there is there is a you know systematic cultural racism that we don't want to acknowledge
0: it's it's uh it's just mind-blowing to me you know you know what i heard the other day is they, they were telling me, and by the way, hardcore allegedly, I don't know what this is. They were saying that the Matthew Shepard hate crime was not in fact a hate crime.
2: Which was the Matthew Shepard one?
0: Uh, Idaho, the gay guy. Oh, right, right. Two guys took him out to the woods yeah. and killed him and left him for dead, beat yeah. him up, left him for dead. The, I I don't, by the way, this is such hardcore hearsay. Someone said, oh yeah, you didn't hear that that was just, um that was that was a, a topic that the LBGT community put as an agenda, but he was actually killed for drugs. It had nothing to do with his, his sexuality. But they thought it would make great news to be like a, a big poster head, right. which is interesting because, <clears throat> you know, I I found this out. I was obsessed with Rosa Parks for a period. Like obsessed with her. Like the idea that the idea that she did that blew me away is that like I am so I have such an issue with confrontation. The fact that she could do that in that day and age, I was just obsessed with that kind of personality. Right mm-hmm. then, I found out there were four chicks before Rosa Parks. I was just gonna say that, yeah, and she I wasn't the first. And and what what they were look like, and this is the thing that I go where I see that Matthew Shepard thing, and I go, oh, I do see that as a possibility where a gay kid gets beat to death, and they look at it and they go, fuck it, pivot it, sell it this way. We need a we need a poster boy. I only reason I say that is like. The four chicks behind them, they were trying to get behind each of them, and each of them had a flaw. And Rosa Parks wasn't some like, she was just some chick that was like, fuck that, I'm not moving. And she had no like chinks in her armor. They couldn't fuck with her at all. The other chick, one, one of them, and by the way, it's Chinese. Chinese in their armor. Right. She didn't have any Chinese in her armor. She, she, uh, that's a good joke. She didn't have any Chinese in her armor. The one chick was pregnant, was 13 and pregnant. Yeah. One chick, beat up the two cops in baltimore Uh, like everyone had they couldn't use them but they were but that movement was looking for a poster well martin luther king
2: was you know there was malcolm x who was around before martin luther king and he was calling for insurrection yeah he was calling for an overthrow he wanted to he wanted to you know smash the smash the system and martin luther king came along and he was uh you know Gandhi passive resistance he was nonviolent. violent John Snow and the government said this is the guy that we're gonna you know make deals with this is the guy that we're gonna the press is gonna I would have been a Martin I would
0: have been a, a Malcolm X guy yeah oh, as hardcore. a black person or as a white person as a as a black person yeah I would have been a hardcore Malcolm X yeah I would have not I I I like I I just know that that's my personality like I would have just leaned that way like time to break the wheel I'm going with uh with fucking Daenerys Targaryen
2: well, what do you think about the women's movement right now? I mean, if you were a woman, would you be a hardcore um I mean, there because I went on the women's march and there was
0: I went diff- I went to the one in Boston. Oh, you did? Yeah, there's <coughs> more as like a more as like a just check-in.
2: Well, there was there were women there that were there to um be supportive and there was women there that wanted to break the wheel. And there was a woman I remember there was a woman that had on a t-shirt that said, um, I don't want to hear any more from white men. And I was just like, I don't know. I'm a white man. I'd like to have a conversation with you. Yeah. And, but I don't know. But at the same time, if I was a woman and, you know, you could show me systematically that we're being held back and paid less or whatever, whatever it is that, you know, your understanding is of it, which changes. Different people believe different things. Yeah. But- I'm the kind of person where I would probably be pretty militant about it. I don't know.
0: I would be definitely militant. I would definitely be militant if I was being oppressed. I would be militant. Like I listened to an article, uh, an interview today with Charlemagne the God and uh, and um, and, Matt, and uh, Killer Mike, and they were talking about reparations, and immediately I go, whoa, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to start giving up my money for reparations. My, my family wasn't even here at that time. And they were saying, which was interesting, if you can prove that your family was descended of slaves, you should get reparations, be it a portion of the marijuana business, uh, a a portion of land. uh, It should be something. They don't know what it is yet. But then then Charlemagne said, well, then Frederick Douglass said only people who own slaves should be a part of that reparations. And Magic Mike goes, no, it should be all white people. And I thought, well, hold on. If it's all white people, then it's got to be all black people. Like you can't just go, my my family was in Ireland during that slavery. I shouldn't be a part of that. I Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with slavery whatsoever. Why why wouldn't, there's a Jamaican guy that gets oppressed just as bad as a guy who's derived out of ancestry, out of slavery. Why wouldn't he get reparations? It was, and I was like, immediately as I got defensive, I thought, oh, if I was black, I'd be calling for reparations and a heartbeat. yeah. I'd be like uh, we get something. We get something.
2: Well Georgetown University is doing it.
0: I heard about that. They're
2: doing a thing where because I guess the campus was built by slaves. and so Holy they are fuck. they are they have traced down all the actual descendants. And you know thanks to like 23 and me and all these Fucking 23 and me started all this. It's one of the that's how they found the descendants and so they've been notifying them, knocking on doors and saying, uh, "Guess what? You're related to a slave that built Georgetown." And they're charging this it's not official, it's a proposal. I'm not sure if it's going through, but that they would they would put a surcharge on the tuition. Not even that much. I think it would be like 50 bucks or something a yeah. year, and that money would be divided and given to the uh the ancestors I'm cool with that I
0: think so I'm cool with that I'm cool by the way I'm also cool with the uh, like I'm cool with the uh, militant lesbians or not uh, the feminists my bad militant <laughs> feminists and militant <laughs> lesbians <laughs> like like uh and now I'm getting even cooler with it like because I like I like watching things dissolve like I like like Alyssa Milana came out and said uh We should hold a sex strike.
2: Oh shit. Did you hear
0: that? Well that now. The abortion thing in in Atlanta happens about heartbeat law. And a miss Alyssa Milana comes out and goes, ladies, we need to withhold sex from our men until this changes. And and then she said some fucked up shit. She was like, This affects black people more than anyone. Basically, basically, in essence, saying black women have more kids. They get pregnant more often. She didn't realize what she was saying. Yeah. She was trying to be liberal. She just got yeah. ahead of herself. Yeah. She just got ahead of herself going, you know, black women, we're here for you. Yeah. You girls are whores. You guys fuck a lot. And so these NFL players were like, yo, what the fuck are you saying about black women? And wait, why do we have to be for your laws? We're people of faith. We don't believe in a... Like, it was... And and then when you watched, and then had to watch Alyssa Milano backpedal, mm. and, you were, and she was like, actually, I mean, uh, uh, like... I love watching all that shit, and if you stay in, out of the fray and just be like, "I don't give a fuck." Yeah, white women have to be
2: real careful not to speak for black women. I think Lena and Dunham might have done that also. Uh, Lena Dunham.
0: Lena, I have a quote out of a Rolling Stone magazine that it said that was written, I think, by a black woman. It says Lena Dunham has consistently had a blind spot when it comes to race. Yeah, like just oblivious. Yeah, and it's so funny to see people. I won't say names, but people who. Especially women, white women, that are big spokesmen that you know that made horrific jokes all fucking their entire career. Mm -hmm. Now just retweet like these, like I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, and you're like, what? Like, where was this? Yeah, I know you can't play it both ways. Fucking someone hold you to the exact standard Mm -hmm. that you're pretending to hold everyone else to because that's fucking ridiculous. I don't speak for black men ever, ever never would i tell you what it's like to be a black man or would i look man i don't even retweet black men's issues I, it i'll agree with you i'll help you i'll do whatever the black lives matters okay I'm, I'm here i'm listening that's all you got to do i don't fucking oh my god that is so frustrating when you yeah. see those people you go what's hypocrisy are you covering your trails yeah yeah You sound like those fucking guys that all There were some guys that got way too me too and you're like how many women did you rape yeah like i like I can tell you, the average guy just kind of goes, hey, man, we should listen. Those ones that are fucking virtue signaling with their pitchforks, you're like, yo, what, do you, what did you do?
2: It's a tough spot because, you know, as a guy who makes a lot of my money writing on TV shows, there is a mandate in Hollywood for diversity. And I just went through staffing seat because I was writing on Crashing the last two years and that got canceled. So I'm looking for another writing job. And this is staffing season basically is over now, but it's been going on the last couple months. And uh, I'm friends with a bunch of showrunners reached out about shows consistently heard from every one of them. Sorry, man, I just can't hire any white men. So it's like I'm mixed because I'm married. I have a daughter. I totally buy that women are getting a bad shake. I've been in writer's rooms that have been almost all men my whole life. I, I see less women. Uh, You know, obviously, you look at the late night talk shows. There's not a single woman, and you go, all right, quantifiably, there's a big issue here. But there's also the part of me that goes, I got to pay a mortgage, yeah, and I can't get a fucking job right now. Should you
0: be punished for the for the benefits or for the system that was in place before you?
2: Well, I don't know, and you know, and I'm certainly willing to to uh, take it on the chin. And like you said, all you can do is listen. You have to shut up and listen right now. But and at by the, the way, same time... Podcast like,
0: fans don't want that. Yeah. They don't want anyone that listens. I did a podcast with a female comedian who was very militant. What uh, was her name? Uh, Ashling B. Mm-hmm. Very militant fez, feminist. And she told me... She came on very hot. And she had an agenda. I didn't realize. She came in with a little bit of an agenda. And her agenda was, the comedy store is sexist. They need to book... comedians, female, 50% male. And out of that, it should be a shade of every race. You shouldn't They go, it's racist that you would book Joe Rogan, you and Joey Diaz on any show together or that Mark Maron would get a spot on that or David Spade or they, she's like, that's racism. That's sexism. You were here for that. Right. And I, I just listened. I just listened because I wasn't going to argue. This is by the way, in the heat of the me too. I just listened. And man, I caught so much shit from people on this podcast. Yeah, fuck you, Bert! How dare you? You're not going to stand up for us. You're not. And it, but, by the way, do you know who I got the most shit from? Who? Female fucking comedians that work at the store. Yeah, I worked at the. I walked into the store the first time. Fucking, I got lit up by every female comedian. You mean, bo- the f- you mean both the female comedians? Both of them, Annie Letterman <laughs> and fucking. <laughs> no, but it was like it was like such fucking. Horseshit that you try to listen mm. and then you become, but that, that here's my thing. Are there, be, and, and you don't have to answer this. I'll just put it in the ethos. I don't know if that's ether. I don't know if that's the right word. Ether. That's why I'm, yeah. Are there that many talented women that have being, been ignored based on their sex for these jobs or are they simply opening up opportunity to mediocre writers based on their sex
2: it's all about the pipeline you know it's all about like you know i had a woman a female comedian on my podcast this week and she brought up that there should be equal amount of female headliners on the road (laughs) And that there are enough female comedians that could do the same job as men. And I took issue with that. She doesn't know what she's fucking talking about. It
0: has nothing to do with, it has to do with selling tickets.
2: It has to do with selling tickets, but it also has to do with, all right, women, women are not getting stage time at the entry level as much as men. That has to be looked at because without that stage time, they can't become strong feature acts. Without becoming strong feature acts. They Can't become strong headliners. How about being, this? How about being this? a headliner doesn't mean you can do 45 minutes, it means you can hold and control and kill an audience for 45 minutes. That's what a headliner is. And, and, and how about this?
0: And, and I would argue this to th- this female comedian, I don't know who it is, and I don't want to know because I don't want to change my opinion because I'll probably like her. I'll probably be like, Oh, I love Karen Kilgareth. The um, the uh, if you're a female. And you've been doing it six years, and you're attractive, and you can feature, immediately you get bumped up to headliner. There is a jump that happens for any comedian. Amy Schumer, I'll use Amy as an example. Amy Amy was a competent comedian uh, at like eight years in. Seven, well, I, what, two, year, two years in, she won last comic standing? Oh, yeah. Eliza had been doing stand up for a year, yeah. won last comic standing. We could argue, uh, neither of them were. Uh, seasoned seasoned at that time, but they were attractive. Uh, Amy came in fifth. Eliza won. I think she'd been doing comedy one year. Um, and she won it. Uh, she was talented. Yeah, of course. But is Eliza Chappelle? Like, I mean, is she the greatest comedian of our generation? No, she's a great comic, but here's the problem though. And Eliza dodged this bullet. I don't think Amy did. Eliza got out of the way of it. Amy took it to the chest is both of them at say seven years, eight years in, which is early as a comedian to be doing our specials. Both got offered all the opportunities that say, uh, uh Jeff Ross, Greg Giraldo, Patrice O'Neill, that they, they were all, they were literally put on the exact same playing field as a tell Colin Quinn. That was, they were then levitated up to there, but they hadn't been doing it quite as long. They got all these opportunities and they Technically, if we're talking about uh, the amount of time in the industry, they weren't allowed to develop and be as seasoned as these guys getting these so opportunities. So you're
2: saying, in other words, the industry may pluck them out of what would be, what, de- what would be the normal the farm season, course the of farm getting league, good and right, let them right. get good and get yes. great. Well, yeah, it happens to stre- male comics as well. Like, uh, but, uh, but
0: it happens to black comics. Doesn't happen as much to white. Look comics. at Gerard Carmichael. Gerard Carmichael, perfect example. Guys, super talented, and immediately gets gets put into a system where it's okay if you're in that system and you're Dave Chappelle. Yeah, you know, and you've been doing it fucking 30 years and you go yeah started
2: at 16 and
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna write a book i'm gonna do a tour i'm gonna do a movie i'm martin lawrence i've been doing it 20 years i'm gonna write a book do a movie do a couple movies and and do do another tour kevin hart kevin hart's been doing it 20 years 20 some odd years i'm gonna do five movies i'm gonna do another special when you've been doing it six years you're you're just not seven years five years ten years the system is set up so that if you're kind of good as a female and you're at that age like where they go, whoa, I don't want to age her out, right? Anything past 33 is going to look old on television. Grab her, put her in, plug her in. There's very few Chelsea handlers who can handle all that. Even Chelsea had to stop touring and just turn it into a TV show. And so I would argue that like, that women, this, this system fucks women. How, there was a girl that was on Kill Tony with me. Fucking dime, dime. She'd been doing stand-up for six weeks and she said on there yeah i'm nervous i got my first headlining week coming up yeah but she got headlined because she's
2: gorgeous well what about unattractive women
0: do you think they get a bad shake no and i think that's why that's why some of them are some of the best comics out there i'm Mm. not going to say their names because that would be horrible but Mm. like i know i know a couple that are fucking killers on stage that no one can follow and the industry just walks past them like they're some regular white dude right lets right. them do stand-up for 20 years, and then yeah. one day they show up and they're like fucking killers on stage yeah and so like I think that it's it's, it's, it's a fucked up system in place. A guy like me who's like not that it, not I'm like not like ever been young looking I've never been like cool. I'm not like Dalia who's like fucking castable and leading man and funny and in shape and wears cool clothes, I'm allowed to develop. For twenty years, it's like it's like leaving a marijuana plant in the field to get as many nodes and and buds on it as possible, and just keep walking by it. And then one day they go, "Oh, I didn't know that was a marijuana plant." Yeah, I believe it is a meritocracy, and I
2: think that you know the the tastes of the industry are going to change. It's cyclical, and I do think that if you just keep your head down and you keep writing and you keep trying to do as many sets as possible, that things happen. And I think for women. It really is it really is disheartening, I'm sure, for them to look at the lineups because I don't think there's a ton of spots for women on the lineups. And then you gotta look at it and you go, Why? You know, you gotta look hard at why. And you're and right like you're you said, right. are they selling tickets? I don't know. Are they killing? I don't know. Well then why? What do they need to do to get to that level and what can the community do to help them and foster them getting there?
0: Like, let's take a look. Because at, like, I
2: don't agree that there are an equal number of strong female and, and, and male headliners. I don't think it's the same number. I,
0: but I, I don't think it's the same number because I think of what I was saying is that they pluck them out early. Yeah. And like guys like me get to do the road. Right. Uh, uh, like literally uh, in oblivion for 10 years. I get yeah. to do the road for 10 years and it doesn't register on anyone's radar. Yeah. And then you look at someone like bestselling who we're both friends with. I mean, think about this. If Beth was a dude, she'd just be doing stand-up, right? Just focusing. She wouldn't be like writing on every different show. She can literally. She is going to benefit from these more than anyone because she's hilarious, mostly. But she's also a female, and she can get plucked into write on crashing, and then literally walk away from that show and get on Sarah's show, and then like pick or the she can pick any job she wants. But if she was a dude, that wouldn't happen. And she would just be doing a stand-up and she'd probably be a fucking monster because all those jokes that she wrote for crashing or for Sarah, all that focus she took away from her art would just be solely about her mm-hmm. and she'd be creating her own opportunity. She wouldn't have opportunity. She'd be creating her own opportunities, going to the funny bone, flying in Wednesday night so she could do early radio, doing fucking 10 years of radio before she gets the opportunity at, at 46, which she would not get an opportunity at 46. This industry is fucked up. Yeah. They would never go like, let's wait till Beth's 46. See her then.
2: No, it's true. The window closes for women. It, it starts does. later. I mean, if you're not attractive and Beth is attractive. That's beautiful. And she's a fucking, she's a comic that gets better every year. And she she is logging her hours on the road. She's doing it all. She's doing a lot. She is yeah. going
0: out on the road. But she is also writing, and I know a lot of times with those white guy things, when you get poked into writing, your stand up suffers, right? Because you're giving good material. Well, to I've the been show. writing
2: for 15 years, and I do look back and say I could be at another place with my stand up if I wasn't writing as well. Dude,
0: I look at the time I spent on Travel Channel; it's just two different brain structures. Yeah, you go. You're in production brain. You're in host brain. Yeah, you're not in stand. When you're in stand up brain, that you everything's about your act. Mm-hmm. And if and if you took all those. Different hats that Beth has to wear away mm-hmm. and just gave her stand-up. Yeah. And like, and then you know, but you're right. The industry says they age out, and the industry right. doesn't want to hear from you know
2: Wendy Liebman, who's a fucking, a fucking killer killer,
0: dude. Judy Gold. Judy Gold, fucking, Kathy Ladman. Um, uh fuck I just had her on my podcast. Uh Jessica Kurson. Yeah. Jessica Kurson is a monster. monster. None of us can follow her on stage. None of us. And
2: and, and, And has a voice, has a very unique, a lesbian mother who is from Jersey and can be aggressive on stage and fucks with the crowd. You know, Paula Bell. Yeah.
0: There's so many hilarious older women that you go, they, for whatever reason, the industry didn't grab them at the right time. And then the industry just kind of ignores them. Yeah. And you go like, that's one of that's what I'd fucking. I mean, that's the where I my where the hill I die on is all those really talented women that didn't get the opportunities that they were afforded because of sexism. Yeah, yeah. Look at two white men talking.
2: Jesus, about,
0: what are we doing, Bert? We're just pissing off women comics yeah, right now.
2: I know. Poor
0: Beth's gonna be like, "What the fuck did I do to you?" Yeah. Like, no, I think best I think Beth's brilliant. Beth I, is
2: I, brilliant. She works her ass off, and she does she's totally unique. She has like a. She has a a, a very rare, um, she has very rare quality of not really giving a shit that she's unusual, that the way she thinks is different. She'll just like do a big leg kick in the writer's room, like out of nowhere. Yeah. Or she'll do something on stage that's just not, just silly. Yeah. And, uh, and that, I think that's the thing that I think is going to make her a, a big name is that she's if somebody can figure out how to bottle that, that, that she's got to get away from
0: writing, in my opinion. I, want, don't I don't know because I think I think writing. You're
2: also learning. So you're going to get your own oh, yeah, show someday, yeah, and you're yeah. going to know how to how it should be done.
0: Uh, I guess you're right. I maybe I should have written on. I, I submitted one writing package one time, and uh, for David Spade's talk show on Comedy Central. Yeah. And Mike Gibbons ran that. Hugh? No, Hugh Fink did.
2: Oh, Mike replaced him
0: hugh fink uh took my package liked it and then found out i was just a stand-up and was like nah oh yeah uh, you know what and i'm 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 grateful i guess because i you know i look at like my time at travel channel and i go man if i hadn't done that i look at segura and he just focused on stand-up that whole time and he just just leapfrogged me in fucking perpetuity Mm -hmm. like i'll never catch up with where he is four fucking specials while i was doing shit no one watched Mm -hmm. it's because my brain wasn't writing comedy yeah but give me 10 years to write i don't know where like you're right about that but like i hope we didn't offend any of these women like sarah's a perfect example sarah never wrote on anything did she she just focused on sarah
2: she wrote on snl but that was only like a year and i think that's what they do to you on snl is If you want to be a performer, a lot of times they hire you as a writer and then you pitch stuff and maybe they'll let you perform something.
0: Sarah's one of those few prolific ones that I think- She's brilliant. Where she, six years in, I think she was like, I won't, I'm not going to compare her to Chappelle. I think it's bad to compare anyone to Chappelle, but Sarah's never dropped the ball for me.
2: She's always had a voice, a distinct voice and been smart and cool. She is- most comedians, if they're cool, they're not funny. It's very rare to find cool and funny in a comedian, yeah. and she is.
0: She is cool as fuck. Janine, I've always had a fucking massive crush on Janine. Yeah, Janine's Dude, great. Janine's, I, the, Janine's voice, even when like I've seen her, I saw her in New York the other day, or, and I think she came off stage saying she bombed. Dude, I would much rather watch that than 90% of what's out there.
2: She's always doing something interesting. It's, I never yeah. find
0: it bombing. We did a show in Montreal together, and she was like, Super embarrassed. It was for CISO, which is gone now. She was like, oh my God, I bombed. I'm so embarrassed to go into the green room. And I was like, hey, Janine, all of us bombed. But yours was beautiful. Mine was pathetic. Yeah. Mine was like needy and wanty. Yeah. Yours was, I was like, oh my God.
2: Right. Maria Bamford is as good as anybody out
0: there. She's incredible. Dude. Do you remember her show she did uh, when she pretended to move back with her parents? Oh, yeah. And did it out of her bed? Yeah. That's the that's probably the the greatest I, This might be one of the greatest things I've ever seen online. Yeah. Where I saw it and I went, "Oh my god, this yeah. is fucking genius." Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um I want to do another special. I got the material and I put it on tape. And now I got to go out and try to push it on uh, Netflix and Comedy Dude, Central. It's, but again,
0: being a straight white male trying to get a 1-hour special right now. They did the they did the 15s and someone Nikki Glaser came in. I think it was Nikki And she was like, yeah, the 15 Minutes just came out. And she was like, and there was only one straight white male. I mean, kudos, Netflix. And I go, well, hold on. Is that that fair? Like, is I mean, like, are you telling me that there's only, like, like, if they did 30 of them, that only, like, uh, 3% of stand-up comics that are funny are white males? Mm. And she was like, no. Mm. I was like, yeah, but, I mean... I understand giving opportunities to everyone, but it I think the bar should be even. Maybe I'm just a white guy saying that for my own benefit, not realizing how high my bar already is before right, anyone right, starts. Right. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But like, <clears throat> it should I mean, be. look,
2: I, we, I got the benefit of being a straight white male for a long, from forever until about a year ago. So luckily I bought a house. I saved some money. Uh, we, <laughs> You know, stand up. I was, gives, I was ready for this fuck. white
0: guy apocalypse. Yeah,
2: I was. Re- I really I, I was ready for like a comedian. I was ready for some kind of apocalypse. And I really do think that, like, you know, luckily I got the podcast where it's it is what it is. Yeah. And uh, stand up. I don't think anybody's ever. gonna. I don't think headliners on the road. There, there's a lot of pressure for, you know, we can't have any more straight white guys. I think there's some. uh efforts I think for clubs to bring in diversity but not the way you have it in the tv industry no and I
0: think the well I mean look what they did to Joe do you see what they did to Joe the this uh this I forget act now or one of those like progressive uh websites yeah I don't forget the name of it um came after Joe saying he needs more women on his podcast Mm. and everyone was like hey man it's his podcast yeah like he can do whatever the fuck he wants like What world do you think you live in where you just speak up and go, Joe Rogan, change everything you're doing. Yeah, we we demand it. And then Joe goes, oh, yeah, like it's his fucking podcast. He has cage fighters on the majority of cage fighters are men. Majority of cage fighter commentators are men. Right. Like it's like his friends. He has his friends on his friends are men. He has women on too. Wendy Cummins like like but it's just so crazy that the world is demanding it when you go like, Bert, why don't you have more female friends? I'm like, well, I don't know. It's not how I work. Mm-hmm. I have like, I'm married, and my wife's not cool with that. Mm. I can't just go out and drink with Eliza.
2: Well, it depends on like, again, going back to like, each individual woman has probably a different strategy about how to get parity going, and one is to break it down, smash it, recreate it, and the other is to engage and try to have a dialogue. And I don't know. And again, if it was me, I'd probably be the fucking. You know,
0: smash it, d- smash it, I'm smash it too. You know, I'm 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 railing against the same type of people that I am. Yeah, I'm going. Oh, I'd, I'd smash it if I was a yeah. feminist. I'd be like, smash it, Fuck yeah, fucking close, close the store, close the store, fucking cancel Bert. Right, yeah, fucking, I'm done with a mute Bert Kreischer. Yeah, yeah. I, that's exactly who I'd fucking be. Right. All right, how we've done about, now? I think three hours of podcasting. We should probably right. yeah wrap this up before probably we get a our meal. careers entirely.
2: Um. Can I announce some dates? Please, please, please. Oh, son of a bitch. I'm doing stand up comedy in your town. If you live in uh, Buffalo, Helium Comedy Club in Buffalo, June 27th through the 29th. La Jolla Comedy Store, July 12th and 13th. Also, I'll be in, uh, oh God, I'm going to Atlanta. I will be in Atlanta June 6th through the 8th at Side Splitters. Then I'll be in Tampa. No, Atlanta, Atlanta's punchline. And then Tampa side splitters June thirteenth through fifteen. I did that out of order, but those are my dates. And FitzDog Radio is the podcast. Don't forget also I have a podcast called Childish with Allison Rosen, who we I, came on together last time. We had a podcast time. together and, and we had if, a
0: viral clip about us talking about could we use porn to masturbate. Oh really? Yeah, 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 oh. yeah.
2: Well, check out that. It's uh it's if you have kids or you've been a kid, you'll enjoy childish
0: dude I could do this with you whenever like literally we should just set up like once every two months to just get together and podcast either yours or mine that'd be great You're I would love that fucking so easy to talk to thanks man your brain, is, your brain is you know the one thing I love about you is like I don't, I don't really think things through but like you like you definitely <laughs> think things through on both sides so like yeah. I can have a conversation with you and say my thing and then you don't even if you disagree with me you can just help me change my mind yeah which is there's not enough of that in this world
2: well that's why we're going to do a TV show together someday. I'm I'm going to I'm going to run it, you're going to star in it, you're going to write it with me and uh you're going to come up with the fucking raw sewage. Well hopefully if gonna... one of
0: these TV shows I pitched goes like to series I can hire you as my one white guy.
2: You got um. it. <laughs> God damn it, I'll need
0: it by then. I better start getting into female comics if I need mean writers. That's right. Best selling, please. Yeah, I'm sorry about <laughs> what I said. You should be a writer. Don't don't focus on your <laughs> career. Focus on mine. <laughs> Dude, thank you, Greg. All right. Thanks, man.